All right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. All right, so today we're rocking a conversation with George, and I'll leave you with a couple words from his blog that really describe him perfectly. And it's, it goes like this, you were not born to be average, you were destined to be great. So when I think of, think of that line in those words, it's really, it's really George to the T and you'll, you'll hear this in the conversation. We really dive deep on building the core you and building that foundation, kind of hence the, the episode title of this, of this conversation. And he really offers a great perspective on this with a a very diverse background, starting from ideas into startup world, into building the company, right up to mergers and acquisitions and exits. So awesome perspective, great individual. I hope you all enjoy this conversation. Right before we dive in, as you know, these lovely reviews that you leave actually are very beneficial and help us get the word out there for these important conversations to take place. So please do leave a review wherever you're listening. Lastly, this conversation as well as the whole podcast is brought to you by Keo, which is our mental fitness app to help you with your daily reflection. All of these awesome individuals end up in app to help stimulate that reflection through their questions, their prompts, and some of their stories. So search KYO in the Apple App Store and it should pop up right away. Thank you as always for your incredible support, all the comments, and your time and attention. Have the best day yet. George, who are you? Yeah, so you know, originally uh, I was born in Lebanon, um, so Middle Eastern traditionally, and uh, I actually grew up in the Middle East half my life. Um, I was a kid who, you know, when growing up, uh, faced faced a couple of challenges. I was a bit overweight, uh, moved a lot because of my dad's job as well. So went to to many different high schools, um, and so growing up, it was it was interesting because I got to experience new countries. Uh, you know, experience new cultures, languages, and, and different types of ideologies and people. But personally, I was kind of struggling with with school. I was struggling with my weight as well. Um, and it wasn't really until I hit like, I guess, middle or late high school until I started really taking control of, I guess you could say my life, you know, and in terms of my health, my spirituality, my uh, even my career and, and what I wanted to do and my sort of priorities. So uh, at the core, I've always been a guy who's been very extroverted, I would say. Uh, I love I love people uh, naturally. I'm always inclined to be with people uh, to kind of serve people, whether it's for for work or I've always been in that services side. Um, so I've always been uh, on the front office of things. And I, I learned that early on about myself. Uh, I kind of always like to make people laugh or uh, or whether it's present on stage or in a musical in high school, like I always, I was always in front of uh, in front of an audience, which I loved uh, early on. I I felt like I actually received a lot of energy from people by giving them a lot of my energy, and so uh, that was a cool observation, and uh, that led to me figuring out later on uh, after studying finance in university that you know I was I was just naturally a sales and marketing guy. Sure. You know, I loved, I loved storytelling. I loved stories ever since I was a kid too. Uh, and then what I loved about business is figuring out kind of like what st- the late Steve Jobs was doing with Apple is figuring out how to form uh, creative, enticing, attractive stories about your business in ways that resonate with a lot of people. And so for me, it was sales and marketing because I, I understood how to, how to capture people's attention in a genuine way, how to build relationships, and then how to leverage that into a business uh, format. And so sales and marketing, finance background, and even later, then I discovered entrepreneurship, and we have a great ecosystem in Toronto, um, and that led for me to start my own initiatives and kind of start delving into entrepreneurship. I love it. Well, thank you for for the detail on that. Where, George, where do you think all that stemmed from? I mean, you, there's a couple of things I want to kind of address in, in what you said. One was there was a shift around the high school time frame, and I guess let's start with that. You know, did something happen or? Like, how did you get to that point where you knew that something had to change or mindset had to change? And, and, and I think you had said you kind of t- took control of your, your or more control of your life at that point. What, what, what triggered that? 
Yeah, I think a lot of it, Mark, is, you know, you kind of get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, and, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people go through it. And that's why I'm, I'm very open about it. I mean, obviously, I was I was much younger and I wasn't as focused uh, on my health and stuff. But even, you know, just in being in high school, it's you know how difficult it could be if, if yeah. you're not, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the the quote unquote guy who's like the most sportive or or most fit. And, and that has a lot of, I guess, different, I guess, social impacts. And mm-hmm. um, so it was just, it was multiple triggers, really, whether it be kind of girls or, uh, or social outings and events and stuff that kind of, that used to kind of demoralize me, right? Or, and then, so I just, even like, you know, you'd go to a beach and I never wanted to take off my shirt. Like it was small things like this that, yeah. that led to me saying, you know what, man, like, no more excuses. You know, this is, this is in your control too. Like you're just being lazy. So get your ass off the couch you know what to do. It's not rocket science either. Like, you know how to eat a little healthier, make small improvements here and there. And the most important thing is just get out and start exercising, whether whether it's going for a walk or run. And so literally my tipping point was I just woke up one day and started doing it. There was no, like, I didn't go to a dietitian. I didn't, I didn't even, I started doing research more and more later on, but that tipping point was, I just, I was honestly fed up and I woke up one day and I, that's it. I just made a decision and that was that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, what nailed it for me when you said, you know, going to the beach and, and just small things like not wanting to take your shirt off, uh, just brought back memories on, on my side uh, <laughs> as well. It's, it, it, it does sound small, but I can totally understand that's not small at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it just keeps going and going right and, and compounds. So the other thing that, that I really like that you mentioned is just like you were fed up, but then you just have to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's what's key, and that that can just be applied to so many different things, whether it's business, personal relationships. Like it doesn't matter. It just take take the first step, and uh, not worry about kind of a grandiose goal on on this whole thing, but just start somewhere. Start. Man, I think I think that that's such a it's such a big impediment for a lot of people because you know some seek perfection, some don't even know where to start at all, some have the fear of what might happen if they do and they fail. So there's so many different reasons why people don't even begin. And I've always just been the type that like, I just say, screw it. Like, I'm going to do this. And especially when I, when I set my mind to something, there's, I mean, it, it's cheesy, but like nothing will stand in my way. You know, I'm, I'm very stubborn when it comes to, 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 to the goals or the pursuits that I want to accomplish. And especially as they relate to my, my own improvement or my own betterment. And, uh, you know, once I really make a decision, the best thing you can do is just start. Like, then you can figure things out. Then you can improve. Then you can make tweaks and pivots. But if you don't even begin, I mean, you'll you'll never you'll you, you'll never even realize you know the other kind of end of it. And it's always difficult in the beginning. Like I remember when I started, you know, that that tipping point that I had. I remember the next morning I woke up at like six a.m. and I went for a run. I came back. It was like seven seven thirty. I'm doing sit ups in my room, and my mom walks in and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, you know, it's like it's like seven thirty, and she's not used to me really uh, exercising at the time. Although my mom was was very supportive, and um, but but she said like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm I'm just I want to I want to start exercising." Mom, like that's it. I, I had enough of this, and and I want to I want to really make a change. And she was so happy just to see me just doing what I what I could with what I knew just to make a change. And it's just that mindset. As soon as that mindset changes, then you can figure it out. But first, you have to make a decision, and and you can't make that decision based on what a dietitian will tell you or what your friend will tell you this decision really has to come from within first. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. It has to be with you first. Uh, and, and, and this also goes when you're, when you're, I think, you know, we, we face this into families and friends, like you, you can go and try to help as others as well. Right. And you should look at this, you should watch this or read, yes. you know, this blog, but it, until that decision's made, it's, it's, it's not going through. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing, you know, in that opening statement that you that you mentioned is just just all the, you know, the moving around and like the thirst to connect with people. Uh, I actually had written this down before uh, before you said any of that, and because something that struck me after meeting you at a, a LinkedIn event and then kind of continuing that conversation is you are a natural communicator and, and connector. I would say. Thanks. So I, I'm I'm curious. Is it was it like, where's that coming from? Is that from, from moving around and almost being forced to reintegrate into different schools and different societies and friends and stuff like that? Or, or, and what are some of the things that, you know, you can leave with the audience that, that helped 
uh, that or that continues to help along your journey with connecting with people because that's tough, right? That's not natural for for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, this is you know what's funny, Mark. I mean, like now I'm understanding that it comes a little more natural, but I've, I've put so much work into it. You know, and I, I think a lot of people don't don't necessarily see that. Like they see me now, which is kind of like the end product. And it's funny, I have a poster of Michael Jordan, you know, jumping or dunking from the free throw line right above yeah. my desk here. And, it's the same thing. Like when I see that, he it looks so easy. It's almost like he's gliding, right? Like he has a support uh, of maybe hangers or something, just kind of letting him letting him do this. But this guy practiced so many times, you know, day and night since he was, you know, a little kid. Didn't even make it to the high school basketball team. Tried over and over again. And so, you know, similarly, like I'm not comparing myself to Jordan here, but I'm just saying that. You know, even though you might have traits or, or natural abilities that make you more inclined to do something, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be great at it unless you put in the effort. Uh, so for me, back to your question, you know, traveling a lot obviously did help because it al- also it was it was always exciting for me. Like my perspective is always positive. So for a lot of people, that can be challenging and stuff. And yes, it, it made it a little more challenging earlier when again when I was facing the the sort of uh, weight issues and stuff, but. I was always I was always a sociable guy. I had a lot of friends and it was easy for me to form relationships. And I and I figured early that, you know, that's something that I, I just enjoy doing. Like genuinely. It's not I was doing it, yeah, you know, for for praise or for status. Like I just I like being around people. People, you know, gravitated towards my energy. And then later in business, I started understanding what networking formally was. I didn't even know what networking was, to be honest. And sure. then, you know, even even when I started my first job, like with even with TMX, people were like, Oh man, you're such a good networker. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I, like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? What is this network? Like, I just like, you know, I like people. I like hearing their stories. I'm interested in, in what they're doing. And more importantly, I'm interested in how I can be of value. And so these are the three lessons. Be genuine, have interest in other people, and then be of value before asking for something in return. And if you do those three things from the time you're young till the time, you know, you're, you're much older and you're in business and things are more formal, you're always going to be successful and your network is your net worth. And the more people you know, the more pe- power you have. So those are the, you know, the tenets that now I start understanding from a more mature lens. But early on, man, I was just, yeah, again, I like people. And, and uh, you know, especially in today's context, like you need people in business. You have to collaborate. You have to work in teams. And you have to get over that fact. So if, if it's not natural to you, again, you know, you have to work on it. I mean, I've done so many presentations. I've been on so many coffees. I've done so many interviews now with my podcast. And it's it's always a work in progress for me. So you might not see it, but I do this every single day, man. I, I put an effort every single day to, to make this better, you know, and to, to, to sort of refine the skill. So for sure, for sure. No, and, and thanks for sharing that. Because, I mean, I'm always interested in seeing where, where it starts, but you're right. Uh, and it's just like what you hear with, with companies in the news, right? You hear, you always see, see the headlines like five plus years after the fact, right? right? Of, you know, company X doing this or raising all this money or collaborating with, with another brand or something, but no one talks about those first five years. And I'm, I'm, I'm just generalizing here. It's just, it's been a natural observation on my side, just, just launching Keo that it seems to be this five-year mark where you start actually hearing about these companies, but you're right. Like it's kind of the same principle. It's, there's a ton of work and daily work that goes into that whole journey and and it doesn't stop. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're growing just in this current conversation. Right. So it's, um, it's fun. I, I mean, I, I just get such a, uh, a rise out of it. It's it's it, because it's almost like endless, right, or limitless. Right. You can you can just keep going, and um, you know, and you learn a lot from growing. People. I mean, yeah. You know, similarly to you, I think I think you're you're not only like a, a natural kind of interviewer in the sense that you know you're you're also just curious about people, right? You're curious about their stories, and then more importantly, you're also curious about learning or leveraging the lessons that they've been through. Um, you know, to improve yourself and, and for you to become better. Right. So you, you yeah. can serve other people in a better way. Uh, and, and you can see that. Right. Like I'm very I'm very comfortable when I'm talking to you right now on this interview because you know how to be like uh, kind of like a chameleon. Right. You get on my level and, and we, we talk like human to human. There is no sure. uh, there is no you know superficial kind of lens that, that you're speaking from. You're just being yourself. And because of that, people who are talking to you are naturally going to open up more. Oh, well, thank you for that. And I think that's a great, that's a great segue because I wanted to talk about let's grab coffee. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the very first episode that, that you recorded. Like what were some of the things that 
you were nervous about or that, you know, you were a little bit scared to kind of jump off into this podcast world? Dude, this is a funny story, but I got to tell you. So I'm, I'm glad you asked this question. And I was actually thinking about this today and, uh, because the first episode must, must have been probably the biggest, uh, I, would, I would say, fuck up in a, in a funny way. Um, <laughs> Um, but, but also, you know, one of, one of the best experiences of really jumping outside my comfort zone. So I actually, uh, the first podcast I did, uh, was with, was with a gentleman and, and a really good friend of mine now, uh, called uh, Paul Nadeau, who was, uh, was a former investigator, um, really cool story, you know, in the, in the police forces, uh, neg- hostage negotiator, oh, author, yeah. TEDx speaker, like a really, really cool dude. Never met him before reached out on LinkedIn and I've, I, and I reached out to so many people nobody would give me the, the, the opportunity cause they didn't want to be the first to be yeah. on the show. Uh, they said, you know, do a couple and then come back to us. And then, you know, we'll, at least you'll be, we'll be more comfortable doing it. Paul right away was like, I'd love to George, let's set it up. And I was so interested in his story. Um, so we meet up for the first time. I rented a breather room cause I wanted a cool backdrop. And at the time I didn't have any other place to do it. So I'm renting this breather room. First time I rent a breather room also, so I get to this breather room. I'm trying to figure it out. He's already there. Um, and luckily, I had a, a friend, a really good friend of mine and a colleague of mine who, who came with me to support me for the first show. So I have my DSLR, my equipment. I'm, I'm talking to Paul, trying, well, just meeting him for the first time and making sure he's okay, he's comfortable. I get in the breather room. I'm trying to set up everything while looking professional, but I'm also like sweating profu- profusely because I'm a little <laughs> nervous. Like yeah. just picture this whole setting, right? I'm setting my tripod, the DSLR. Then I sit down and I'm like, okay, Paul, you're good? <laughs> yes, I'm good. You're good, George? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I start the intro and I'm like, I'm trying to be natural, but like, you know, all this sort of at once, it's, it, it seems looking back, I mean, I'm like, it's just an interview, but like just doing it in the beginning and, um, and doing it for the first time with, with someone like Paul and, you know, you don't want to seem nervous. Like you want to be comfortable and professional and you want to look yeah. like you, you know what you're doing. Um, and then we start rolling. I didn't know that my DSLR can only handle so much time of footage. So again, thank God my, my, my friend was there, Fahim, Fahim Hoke, and I'm going to send this to him so he can listen to it. But he was a blessing, man, to have with me there. And uh, So what happened was 12 minutes in, the camera just shut off. And he was behind the camera. So he, he, he obviously saw that it shut off and pressed, you know, record again. And it did that four times consecutively during like a 45-minute segment. Uh, did you notice I, I kind of did because I heard it ticking, but I just I just moved on with it. So I kind of improvised. And so I, I just wanted to kind of, I know there's a lot of details in there, but for those listening, like even if you go back and you watch my first one, man, you can tell I'm, I was really nervous. Um, and you can tell the improvement from one to maybe 20 or 24, whatever. You can really see drastic improvements in, in how, you know, how, how I conduct myself as an interviewer, but also the, comf- the comfort I have in asking questions and starting and closing and segueing and improvising. So uh, again, like I just, I love podcasts. I love people and I started it. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I thought, hey, let me put this out there. Let me get feedback. And then from there, I can at least pivot. Yeah, no. And, and thanks for being so open on that because uh, like we're episode 25, I believe just released today. I mean, before that, I had about 80 or so interviews that were written up. But then yeah. it was someone had told me and said, you know what, you really need to put this uh, on a podcast format and it got to the point where it just felt like we're leaving things on the table from the write-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but same thing, like, you know, first, first one, you're, you're nervous, uh, like totally resonate with what you're saying. It co- comes back to that theme, I think of just, just start, right. Just, just start somewhere. And I, I feel like there could be a whole podcast just on the behind the scenes of, of podcasts, right? And putting these things together. It's like the amount of intros I've recorded in a car because that was the quietest <laughs> spot <laughs> is, is a bit embarrassing. But, it, you know, you don't need the crazy systems and, and equipment to, to get this stuff out, right? It's, it's really the conversation that matters. Yeah. And look, like, like you're doing it right now on Zencaster. It's the first time that I get on this platform too. And I love it. Right. And look yeah. how easy it is for us to, to coordinate this. And you said you did 25 uh, episodes and I'm sure from the first one to now, like you've, you've made drastic improvements in, in how you conduct and execute your, your, your episodes, right? For sure. For sure. Okay, let's let's dive in or backtrack a little bit more about the your your career right now and, and some of the work that you're doing because I I really want to dive into the link because before we started recording I was chatting about I feel like you you span right across the whole 
business kind of ecosystem where, you know, where we met, it was, uh, I would say there was probably a lot of startup folks at this uh, uh, local Toronto uh, LinkedIn meetup. Yep. And, you know, a lot of the podcast stuff that you're doing, the, you're, you're really from the very beginning, right up into exits and mergers and acquisitions on, on your, your professional side or your, your day-to-day job, let's say. So <clears throat> how did, how did that all come together? Yeah. So that's interesting, man. I mean, there, there's always the, the, I guess there's a saying that's, that's, that's interesting now that, um, you know, y- you can never make sense of the dots looking forward, but you can always connect them easily looking backwards. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so looking forward, I, I never really planned to do any of this, to be honest. Um, but again, they kind of grew on me and, and I, I was always, I was very, I'm, look, I think there's two things about me. There's one that I'm, I'm very opportunistic. So I see an opportunity and I'm, my radars are like, like, it's like a sonar, right? Like I'm always scanning my environment. I'm always, uh, I'm always keeping up the trends. And because I have a big network, I'm also very weary of what's going on and, and who to pay attention to and what to expose myself to. Right. And I think doing that early on was important professionally. And then personally, I was very introspective. So I would reflect a lot and figure out where I, sh- what I should do, what I like to do, what my passions are, and just being a person who likes exploring. Um, I said, just try things out. If you like them, continue. If not, then then kind of shut them down and, and pivot or change or whatever. So um, it started off me, you know, I, was, I started off my career with the Toronto Stock Exchange. So that was my first um, job outside of university. And, and that was a great three-year ride, right? I learned a lot. I got a lot of exposure. Um, and that really was actually the introduction to the entrepreneurial community uh, because we helped a lot of private companies go public. And every time they would go public and we would do the market opens, I would talk to a lot of the founders. And it was so inspirational, man, to see that, you know, these 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 founders who took an idea from from their mind to a Kleenex paper to an actual business were raising millions of dollars going public. Like going public is like the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like the finale. And, and that was really cool to see day in and day out. Uh, and, and that exposure, even going to a lot of the events, was the segue for me to, to, to find my, my inner entrepreneur, right? And yeah. uh, so then I opened up the podcast. I started blogging much more, really storytelling. I went to a lot of events and I just started listening to my heart, man. I just, I really like, I, dude, I think the biggest lesson here is like, just be comfortable with who you are, you know? And, and also don't be afraid to be who you are. Like, it sounds really fluffy when I say it, but you, it's so funny to me how many people are actually afraid to just letting go and, and being themselves versus being what someone else thinks they should be, right? Yeah. And, and there's always this perception, and it's okay to be yourself and, and be comfortable with what you've been given and then hone those strengths to then leverage them in, in, the, best, in the best way possible for you. How did you get to that, George? Because that's, that, that's a big one. And that's a lot of the work that we're involved with, right? And you right. mentioned taking time to reflect and whatnot. So, you know, when you say something and listening to who you are, listening to your heart, like what was some of the inner work that was done to, to get to a point of even hearing that, mm. for example? Well, I think there's, there's, there's many ways you can go about it. You know, for me, it was, again, it was kind of just exploring. Like, okay. Uh, one was exploring. So, okay, I like podcasts. You know, I like Mark. He does a cool podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Why don't I start my, my own? Let me, let me see if, if, you know, if that would entice me. Or the, like, like, let me see if that kind of energizes me or brings me fire or, or makes me feel alive. And do I like doing it? You know, it's very easy to know if you like doing it because I would do a podcast on Sunday mornings. I don't get paid to do a podcast. Sure. So, obviously, I enjoy doing it. You know, it's, it's very easy. You know, the other thing you can do is ask other people. If, if you don't have that really deep introspection with yourself, ask the closest people to you what your strengths are, what, what they think your strengths are, at least, and then reflect on them. And then the third one for me, man, is, is like therapy in, in terms of my, my sort of vetting system is, is exercise, you know, and whatever your vetting system is, for me, I think exercising, whether like yesterday I went on, on a walk, I did boxing, I did 10 rounds of boxing, and then I went for a walk near Harborfront. And I, I put like, you know, some motivational tapes on and I was just like reflecting on a lot of the stuff that, you know, that, that, that are going on. Let's just say, I'm just sort of reflecting, right. Seeing what's, what's going on. And, and, you know, again, asking critical questions and revisiting certain priorities and goals and et cetera. So there's different ways to do it, to, to do that. And I think, you know, by doing that and, and then listening. So a lot of the times there's going to be things that are exposed to you. And then you have the choice of whether or not to listen. Sometimes you shut those doors. You know, and, and I think by doing that ends up 
you know, rewarding you in positive consequences, like finding the, the, the role that I'm in now, which is with Sanford Advisors uh, doing mergers and acquisitions, which is, it's, you know, it's, it's super cool. It's super cool that I'm part of a, of a growing firm. Uh, I'm, I'm dealing with, with founders all the time on, on really sensitive uh, matters and helping them make the right uh, exits. You know, and, and also, I mean, for personally, it, it's really cool to be a director at 24 years old and, you know, really running, running a business in Toronto and, and helping, the, helping them grow from a business development standpoint and helping them from marketing. Like I would have never thought I would be, I would be doing this when I was in high school. But again, see, when, when looking back, listening to yourself and taking chances and risks, it pays off when, when you're doing things you enjoy. It's amazing, and and thanks for, for for that recap. I think one of the things too I, I noticed when just in what you just said, um, like when it comes to listening or, or hearing what's either coming from within or even what's around you. Mm-hmm. At, at least I've been learning this going through this journey with with Keo is the the more you implement these type of reflective practices or mindfulness practices, whatever you want to call them. But let's just say creating space to to think or not to think, right? I think that's where that's where those kind of aha moments come in or where you start seeing things that you don't you would have would not have seen if you weren't prioritizing in this case you know you're talking a lot about mental fitness but also physical fitness right mm. and and that's where and, and again I'm speaking a little bit more personally but I've just found in the last year and a half that uh I'm just hyper aware of of what's what's happening or seeing Things where like, you know what, that's the third time something like that has come up in that theme that I don't need any more signs, like time to act on that or, or, you know, try it out, for example. Right. Whereas I feel like I didn't always see that. So I'm curious, like how, how have, how have your practices evolved over the last little while to kind of keep honing in those skills? Yeah, well, I just I was just going to say, Mark, because I think you highlighted a very critical point. But the thing is, like when that opportunity, like you, you were saying, you know, it comes up multiple times. Right. And that will happen to you. The, the, the more important thing as well to build on that is when those when those patterns come up, if you're not in a place where you're grounded, where you're where you're positive, uh, where, you know, your, your character is solid and things are in line for you to pursue that opportunity when it comes up, you will miss it without even knowing it's there. Yeah. That's a very critical thing, right? You have to be in a position where you're, you're like, you're in a good place, essentially, right? The base is there. The foundation is there. Then you can build and you can design the, the exterior as an example, Yeah, you know, but you can't have that if there is no foundation and if you're not grounded. And so I think that that's the important part. So I had to ground myself first before getting to a place where I can realize the opportunities that are there and then starting to pursue them and building myself ground up. You know, and, and doing things like even just like exercise, and eating healthy. And I'm not saying like, you know, I went through counting calories and I went through different diets, but just try to eat as healthy as you can. And we all know what that means, right? Cut out the sugars as much as you can. Eat some salads, you know, get some fruits in, try to eat, get whole proteins, try to get good, good carbs and just whatever you can to really fuel you with good energy so that during the day you're, you're, you're producing at an optimal pace, right? I think that's the best one. Uh, from your mind, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational uh, videos. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I try to fill my mind with as much good content as possible to keep me as sharp as I can, because we all have days where we don't want to get out of bed. We all have challenging days. And, you know, it, at the end of the it's up to you, right? You can sit there and complain and eat a tub of ice cream, you know, and I, I'm guilty of having those cheat days and just, you know, binging on Netflix. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm Mr. Perfect, but it, it's more about the consistent action, Right. Yeah. What are you doing on a consistent basis that's that's helping you get to the place where you want? Because if what you're doing is not getting to getting to, or helping you get to where you want, then at this point you're making two choices. You're either making excuses about what you're not doing, which again is in your control, or you can make an easy decision and change your habits as hard as it will be, you know, to help you get to a better level. And so I think again, that's why it just starts with you and, and it's all about that mindset, man. Like nobody's going to do it for you. you. You can't wait for January 1st. You can't wait for the therapist. You can't wait for the dietitian. You can't wait for your partner. You know, if you want to make a change and the change is about yourself, you have to be the one to make it. You have to be the one. Yeah. And so I think that's it. I I just love it. And, you know, this this journey of it, just interviewing people, I've just seen such a different spectrum of, uh, and, and, and it goes across different age groups, which, you know, I find... Fu- 
on average, again, I'm generalizing a bit, but, you know, talking to to, to the people that are a bit older that have been working for, you know, 20 plus years or so, Mm -hmm. the, the theme is everything that you just mentioned now comes up when they hit a wall or something, right? Something happens, career, family, something, right? Some sort of physical, and then, and then all of that reflection or that deep work starts taking place, which, which is good because at least it's, it's taking place. But what we're, what we're obviously trying to do is to avoid that that wall. Right. And then chatting with someone like yourself, um, you know, like you said, at, at 24, I mean, what I heard out of that is just the the real importance of that that core kind of foundation, you know, mind and and body and and uh, spiritual, uh, I'd imagine as well. Right. So it's super exciting and motivating to see that there's there's clearly there's a culture shift or a generation shift that that is, is very apparent and mm-hmm. it's, it's coming out really loud and clear on the, on the podcast on our side as well, that, that younger people are coming out um, very dialed in, in terms of their, their, their health in general, which, which is exciting because uh, I think we need that. And we're, we're definitely, you know, we're, we're let's not hide behind the fact we're in a, a mental health crisis right now as, as well. I mm-hmm. just saw a stat recently. These are Canadian stats, but you know, 63% of millennials have faced some sort of mental health issue. I mean, that's, that's a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to see, man. And, and I, I think the problem just, just on that note, I think, you know, with, with depression, whether it's anxiety, uh, again, I think this is something we all kind of feel. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we all go through in, in different ways, right? And we all handle it in different ways and we all express it in different ways. But I think the, the ultimate factor and, and speaking just even from personal experiences and having gone through it in, in different points of my life, um, a lot of the times I don't think people want to speak about it, right? Because, uh, yeah. you know, you don't want to you don't want to show your vulnerability or your weakness and everybody wants to to show their, their, their perfect side, right? Especially on social and, you know, life's always perfect and the best pictures and the coolest videos and the nicest outings. But the truth is, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of emptiness, you know, and, and then you, yeah. you, you mask it by, by portraying, you know, highlights of only um, edited moments. Yeah. Right. And that gives falsehood to a lot of people viewing it on the receiving end. Um, and, and so it's, you just have to be careful. I'm not like I love social. I love it. I love Instagram. I love LinkedIn. I'm super active. Um, and I try to use those platforms to inspire people and, and to leverage my story to help others and et cetera. But I'm just saying from the receiving end, just try to be careful about what you consume and, and, and how you how you intake that type of content and, and knowing how to balance it with other facets of your life so that when you feel that way, when you feel depressed or anxious or whatever, that you're doing the right things that get you out of it. Like eating right, exercising, talking to the right people, expressing it. Don't be afraid. Don't like, don't bottle it in. Seek help when you need it. It's okay. Like at the end of the day, you're human. And it doesn't mean that you have a weak character. It just means that you have challenging points in life that you want to get through. But the only way you can get through them is if you take the right actions, right? For sure. For sure. No, yeah, I think you nailed it. And, you know, we need we need to talk more about this. We need to be, it, it's okay. There needs to be a sense of of safety and and, and trust. I think, uh, and, and that's that looks different for for many people. But you know, as long as you can find what that is, then release, right? Release, and it, it might be releasing a notebook and an app. It might be your closest friend, your family, but whatever, or going or going for going for that run and just you know thinking and, and letting those things go. But you have to create that space. To yeah. do that, right, right, exactly, and, and you you made a really good point. Like even the the Kyo app that, that you guys developed, I think that's a great platform. You know, for people just to to even ask the right questions or or read the right questions that other people are asking, find those kinds of answers. Uh, journaling is another big one. You know, a lot of people I think underuse it. Even myself, like I'm, I, you know, that's something I want to do more of. And journaling, actually, one of my best friends told me to do it, and he said just journal, like every day, just write a bit about what what you're thinking you know, good, good, good and challenging, right? Like it doesn't always have to be the, the, the sort of challenging aspects, but it could be something positive, something you're grateful for. And this way, when you go and read, read it back again, you know, it gives you a good sense of, of, uh, of, of what your mind state was, was back then, maybe at a more neutral state that you are today. Right. So those are always great reflecting moments. Well, so, so here's the thing and, and, and here's what we're trying to, you know, how we're trying to adjust this language out across the world is, 
Yeah, yeah, we 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 have the app to help people with 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 questions and, and prompts and a space to to capture that information. But there's there's this as well, right? The the podcast. I mean, the goal of this is to really help stimulate reflection for for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. So even for 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 you that you know, like you just mentioned that you'd like to do more journaling. I'd almost argue like you are doing it right when when you're going on those harbor front walks or whatever whatever you're doing to kind of run through and answering some of these questions or reflecting that is reflection right and and, and this is what we're trying to get across is that it doesn't matter and it goes right back to to your theme like you don't have it just start right like it doesn't matter what you're using or what equipment you have if you don't have a, a journal, if you don't have a uh, an app to do that, then then say it in your head or say it out loud. The key is that you're thinking. Yeah. And because what what what's happened with society and, and and unfortunately, like it's thrown against us all the time, mm-hmm. is we're just we're we're th- tossed into auto mode, right? Or autopilot mode most most days, right? Like right. just hammer out as much as you can. Um, you know, you get to the end of the day and you've got your routine, whatever that is, and then like rinse and repeat, right? But it's, if, if you're able to, to slow down a little bit, and I'm talking like seconds or, or a minute just to stop and, and think a bit, like that's where the magic lies. And, and that's where like and you're, I, I'm, I know I'm preaching I'm, and I'm preaching to someone that's already doing this, but that's what we're trying to pull out of these, these interviews because what we've noticed is that everyone uh, that's been on this podcast is doing that, mm. right? And any of the biographies we pick up, any of the panels that we listen to, you know, they're all doing these things, right? They all look different, but they're, they're in it. They're prioritizing their life. So, yeah. so yeah, so sorry, I went on a little bit of a long rant there, but no, it, no. it's, re- well, it's, it's point- a really good point too, Mark, <laughs> that you're making because even like your point around the, the right frequency or the right medium, um, goes to the point that uh, I, sometimes, you know, we, we, we try to uh, maybe complicate things, right? We, we make things more complicated than they should be in a- any form, in any form. I remember even, again, with a podcast, everybody was like, oh, George, your equipment, you know, is not the best and your lighting and your quality. I was like, dude, I don't really care at this moment. I understand, you know, yeah. I understand, like, the, the equipment should get better and eventually it will be, you know, when I find the right time and when I, when I, when I find the right headspace to do it. But for now, I just want to get started. I just want to put content out there and I, I want to get the, the, the momentum going because once you have momentum, yeah. it's much easier to pick up speed, you know, and for sure. picking up traction is the hard part, but with, that goes for everything. So back to your point, if journaling works great, if it doesn't find something else, but don't be, don't get discouraged because you know, you're not doing the, the sexy thing or the thing that everybody's doing, you know, it's like meditation is hot at this point And you know, obviously that's a great practice, breathing or just doing yoga, whatever sort of Eastern spiritual kind of uh, reflection or medicine you want to do. There, there are some good in that. There, there's a lot of other great outlets that you can do as well. So if that doesn't work for you or if, that you, if that's not resonating, don't let that discourage you for the, from the whole aspect of being reflective. Just pivot and find something else that works for you, right? Yeah, for sure. And what I find happens too is when, when you start, you know, if it's meditation, because you're, you're right, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, oh, there's a lot of great investment and a lot of initiatives going on to, to make it a little bit more mainstream. Um, but as an example, using meditation, if you, if you start using any, and there's tons of different types of meditations, right? And different means or apps or live in person or you're by yourself, like whatever it is. But if you start doing any of these practices, what, what I find is then all of a sudden you're opened up to something else that you may have never even known existed. And then all of a sudden, like, that's your, that's your thing. That's the thing that you've been waiting for. Um, but you have to be open and the, the kind of the byproduct or the benefit of doing any of these, these practices, it just exposes you to so many more great, Thanks, essentially. Right. Fueling that whole concept that we talked about a little earlier about it almost feels uh, endless in the sense of what you can do Mm -hmm. uh, in a good way. Right. So. No, 100%. Cool. Well, I definitely want to talk about a little bit about your your mental fitness practices. So we've we've dived into this a bit. Um, one thing I did wanted to pull from this conversation is I think you most recently 
are coming back from a trip out east here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, Newfoundland. I saw some, <laughs> I creeped your, your Instagram just FYI, but <laughs> uh, I saw some awesome, you know, great photos uh, on the, on the water in, you know, nature, some good food, all of that stuff. And what I wanted to ask you, George was, cause you're, you're living a life kind of downtown Toronto, busy city, lots going on. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you bringing back some of that nature and that quieter space, let's say, that you find in, in, in that part of our, in this part of our country into the city? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, Mark. Um, like, you know, I, I've always been the type that, again, I'm, I'm kind of adventurous in that, in that aspect, for one. Um, I like activities that have a lot of adrenaline, too. Um, so it's, it's a part of me, you know, uses a lot of these activities to get outside my comfort zone because it's very easy to get comfortable. It's very yeah. easy to get complacent. It's very easy to coast. And the way I feel like when I get outside my comfort zone, like this long weekend, and I've been putting it off for so long is I, I I've always wanted to snorkel with whales, right? I, I, I have a, a diving license. So I've, I've always loved the ocean, loved the water, loved to swim. Um, but specifically I, I wanted to snorkel with whales and more so in the Atlantic ocean. Um, I don't know why just, it felt, it felt like it was a challenge, right? It felt like that was kind of cool and it was a little scary. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it this long weekend. I don't care. I just booked it. So this one night I'm in bed and I book all my, my, my trip and I booked the excursion. And a part of it also was just to go see Newfoundland and see the nature and just to your point, get away from the city, you know, yeah. get away from, from all the noise and get away from, from it all. So I even got off social completely. I didn't put any stories on Instagram. I didn't check LinkedIn, like I was just really away from, from it all as much as I could be. Um, and I, you know, I went on hikes by myself. I, I traveled alone. So I, I, I went on hikes alone and I was in the middle of a forest. It was raining. Like a lot of it felt exhilarating, right? I felt like, I just felt, you know, uh, it, it's like in the moment I wasn't thinking of anything else, especially when, when I was snorkeling with whales, you, you, you're, you're not able to think of anything else. Yeah. You know, you get in that water, it's like five degrees and then, like it's super cold. You have a wetsuit on, dude, but I, I I cannot tell you how cold this water is. Like to the point where I was I was like hyperven. Like at one point I was like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of. Yeah. And and at the same time, you're also your adrenaline is at at a peak because you're expecting you know a thirty thousand kilogram fish or animal to to kind of come out of somewhere, and the visit <laughs> you know the visibility isn't that that high. Like it's pretty dark. So, you know, and, and it's, it, it was kind of gloomy. There's not a lot of sun. So, you know, you're in this water and you're playing a waiting game with a whale because whales will dive really deep and then they'll come back up, to, uh, you know, to, to, to blow out the air that they, that they kind of absorb as they're going in. So you don't know where, what, which direction it's going to come from. And so you're, you're playing this waiting game. And in that moment, dude, I can't tell you how alive you feel because it's, it's just, it's a different, you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow or what do I have to yeah. eat or the groceries I have to get. And that to me is, is feeling alive. Like it's feeling like I'm just connected, you know, whether it's to nature or to, to myself. And I do that sometimes just to ground myself again, because I feel like sometimes I can let, I can, all I do is focus on this and I don't, I, and I wrote a post actually today on LinkedIn about this. Like, you know, sometimes you have to sharpen your ax. You have to, you have to take a step back, relax, reflect, whatever you got to do, but get yourself back in a re-energized position. Because when you come back to the city and you come back to work, you're, you're much more confident, man. Like I go on a presentation now, I do a podcast and I'm like, dude, I snorkeled with a whale, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not nervous for, for, for a presentation with a CEO. I'm not, I'm not nervous. You know, I've, I've done, you know, a little more life threatening things than that, you know, whether it's like skydiving or that. And, and that gives me a lot of, a lot of confidence, you know, coming back. So. Yeah. Well, and you've got that feeling to pull from, right? Like, you know, you can always go back to that feeling. Exactly. Which is cool. All right. I want to respect your time. So I'm going to start wrapping up a bit here and pull the top three mental fitness or reflective questions that you ask yourself either on a, on a frequent basis or during big life-changing events. Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, the first question I would ask myself is, um, am, am I doing the best I can to be the person I want to become? Love it. The second question is, am I letting other people's perception or opinion of me become my reality? And the third one is, are the activities that I'm doing now going to leave the legacy that I want to create when I leave the earth? Yeah. You know, and then there's a host of, of other questions, but I think those three, what they encompass is, 
you know, am I doing the right activity? Like, am I, am I really living life to the fullest? Am I being the person I want to be? Am I pursuing the right passions? And as a result, if I do these things as much as I can, and I be the, the person that I want to be, you know, being a good person, being of service, being of value, this way I can create positive impact on my community. It all, it all starts with the self. And I always talk about this, but, you know, some people will take that in a negative light, like, oh, that's so selfish. And what? But if, if you're not in a good position, how can, if you don't love yourself, how can you love other people? Totally. I mean, it's right. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of nailed our purpose statement on everything we're trying to do, but it goes right back to that typical airline example, right? You've got to put your oxygen mask on first exactly. before helping others 100%, or, you're, or, or you're useless. That's a great metaphor or analogy. So that's amazing. So do you, for those questions, those are, thank you for sharing those. Those are really good. Um, when are you, when are you reviewing that? Like, is there a process that you go through? Is this a daily thing or do you, you take some time, you know, once a quarter or once a month to, to really dial in with those questions? It's kind of like an internal balance, to be honest. I don't, I don't really like set time. I'm, I've never been that type of person, you know, okay. really schedule. Like today I'm going to reflect for an hour. For me, it's, it's an ongoing pursuit. Like every day I do this. You know, when I'm at the gym, I feel like I'm that that's like a spiritual time for me, right? Like that one hour yeah. I'm using to build my body, I'm, I'm to build my mind. And uh, when I'm walking to work and I have a podcast in my head or, you know, I'm doing the dishes and I'm listening to, to a motivational video, like it's constant for me. I constantly need that good content to keep me focused. And, and for me to reflect on, again, going back to that, like, am I really pushing myself the hardest? You know, going back and saying like, maybe during a challenging time, don't forget why you started. So why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? Who is it for? And is it is what I'm doing right now actually helping my case? And so, it, it, because you're always going to have uh, tough, tough, tough days, right? Of course. Especially if you're pushing yourself hard. If if you wake up every day and life's like, oh, it's just the just another day, or yeah, it's good, man, all good. You know, you go in, you go out, same routine, same day, nothing crazy, nothing. Then you're not going to feel what I feel, and as a result, because of that, you're not going to have to do what I have to do to keep myself at at that at that level yeah of course no you're leaving you're for sure i think that's a sign that you know you for sure leaving things on the table exactly right there's there's probably more that can be done uh for yourself and and others frankly always always man there's always ways you can better you can better yourself and you can help other people and look there's a lot of things i still have to do more of like there's questions like you know what am i grateful for today i know that's a very powerful one and practicing gratitude is something i should you know, and I, I should and I want to uh, do more of. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm obviously grateful for a lot of things. But this is one thing I think I can improve on is is um, like pragmatically including this in my routine so that, yeah. you know, especially for the people who are important to me, like reaching out to my to my mom and just saying, like, look, I love you. Like, th- thanks for always being there, you know, for my best friend. Like, dude, thanks for being there, for, you know, during a tough moment. I really appreciate that. Or just calling out of the blue and saying, hey, like, you, you know, you good. Like, you know, just being grateful for, for the important things in your life. And I think that that's an important one for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can give you one quick practice that you can try out that has made a huge difference in my own life. Um, and it's just one question on a Friday and you pick the time that works typically nearing the end of the day, but I wouldn't say five o'clock cause you, you know, you're kind of rushing to go somewhere normally. Okay. So let's say you put in your calendar 3 PM every Friday, okay. five minutes. And it's just this question and it's what was amazing about this week or what did I learn this week? Love it. I'm writing this right now. Dude. I swear to you, I have my notepad on my phone. I'm writing this right now. So what was amazing about this week? Yeah. Or, you know, what, what did I learn about this week? And it just helps, you know, cause you know, I, I'm like you, I listen to a lot of podcasts, read, do a lot of reading and we fuel our mind. But the, the thing I'm noticing too, is that if we stop, and think about the experiences that we're, we're actually going through mm. uh, live. There's a lot to learn there. Mm. Uh, we just need to stop and, and see it. So what I found uh, this question does is that, holy shit, there, there was a lot of great. There, I mean, there, and there, you can also start it off by, by saying, you know, what would I have changed this week? But then always finish off with more of a gratitude type question. And it's amazing how much happens in, you know, in, in five or, or seven days uh, if you just stop before you roll into the weekend and kind of rinse and repeat. It's true. It's true. And that, that, that just changes everything, right? Like that, that's why I love this platform because I, I think people undersell what, what questions do. And 
maybe just to end this off quickly, like if you ever read the book, The Alchemist, Paolo Coelho, he even says in an interview, because Oprah was interviewing Paolo, and she said, like, your book, I think, confuses a lot, a lot of people more so than it actually helps them. And he said, that's the whole point. He said, if you're not confused about your journey, then you're not thinking about it as much as you should. And if I give you all the answers, then I'm not doing you justice because my answers are going to be different than yours. But the questions are going to be the same. So if I give you the questions and you go on the journey yourself and then you kind of expose yourself to those questions in reality and then you find the answers to help yourself, that's going to be much more instrumental to you uh, than, than me giving you a templated answer. For sure. Last question for you, partner. Sure. It's... Um... What makes you smile each day? Man, the, what, what doesn't do? Like, I'm just, Love I'm, it. So, yeah. I'm so fucking grateful, man. I, like, Mark, I was born in Lebanon. I was born yeah. in Lebanon, man. And now, like, I lived in the Middle East. I was an overweight kid. I was told I would never be a good communicator. You know, in, in high school, I was told I would never go to university. In university, I was told I would, you know, well, even, even like, uh, you know, going through competitions and stuff, I was never the, the highest ranked kid. And, um, to be where I am today, man, and it's not to boast or be egotistical. Really, it's not. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like I'm not even supposed to be here, you know. And and sure. and it, it, it's through that hard work and just that makes me smile. You know, being a son that my my parents are proud of, being a brother that my sister is proud of, and um, you know, being a person of value to the community and helping other people and being in a position where I can then use my story to inspire other people to do the same. What's better than I? I there's nothing I can ask more for, for that. There's, there's no money in the world that can change that, that kind of feeling. And uh, there, there's nothing material that you can give me that, will, I, that I would ever exchange for that. So my, my only focus right now is continuing to build this and continuing to grow it so that I can, my, my impact can only grow. Well, I'm, I'm ending this with a massive smile on my face. So thank, thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart for this, this incredible conversation, George. Thanks. It was, it was a real pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, can't wait to hear this uh, fully, man. Thanks again. And keep, keep doing what you're doing, dude. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Keo. And uh, for anyone listening, this is, this is definitely a movement, an app, a platform. And Mark is a person that, who you should follow and be friends with. So thank you, sir. All right, man.